Wrestling fans, this April in Jacksonville, Florida, the Spartan Combat Nationals are returning. Wrestle a different style each day, April 8th through the 10th, 2022, at the Spartan Combat Nationals. Register now at SpartanCombat.com. Now let's get to the show. To me, I would do whatever it takes. I mean, it was, it was everything was winning that NCAA title. I didn't care what, it, what, what I had to put my body through or put my mind through, whatever it was, I was going to do it. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is Illini wrestling coach, Jeremy Hunter, Jeremy's been in Champaign since the early 2000s, was a 2000 NCAA champ for Penn State, and before that was a four-time Pennsylvania high school state champion. A tremendous accomplishment. And this episode is actually recorded for the Fighting Illini Wrestling Podcast, which I host. We do episodes each month covering the Illinois program, and this interview was so good that I thought I'd drop it here on the Wrestling Changed My Life Podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the week goes to our good friend, Ted Ski. That's Ted.Ski on the gram. He's the high school coach for one, Danny Pacino, and is a listener of the show. So thank you very much, Ted. We appreciate it. And that's it. Let's give it up for the great Jeremy Hunter. Now, I was looking back through your resume and some of the tournaments you wrestled in. I noticed that your first experience with with Illinois was when you wrestled for Coach Heffernan on a junior or cadet world team is that right yeah it was the cadet world team uh long time ago how did you uh talk us through qualifying for that in the tournament itself um actually it was uh up in uh northwesterns where they had the qualification thing up there and then uh we went to i think it was istanbul turkey i think is where the cadet worlds were that year so it, it was it was a good Good experience for me. I was in eighth grade, getting ready to move up to ninth grade and uh, just going overseas and wrestling, you know, that level of competition and seeing where I was at and things that I needed to improve on. You were only in eighth grade at the time. Yeah. Wow. I know you had one of the most storied high school careers in PA history. Did you have the same success in, in middle school coming up? Um, I was pretty successful all the way up through. Um I don't think anybody thought that I would win for, you know, state titles and everything, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things you just go to work, you know, get in there. And, and, um, I know as a ninth grader, I was pretty small for the weight class. Um, but 
you know, I just, I got in there and I lost, I think it, I lost the two weekends leading up to the state tournament to the same guy, take more, but we had, we had a lot of battles back and forth and uh, at the state finals, that's who I had in the state finals and I beat him in overtime. So there was, wow. we had, we've had a lot of great matches. So how did the matches go in the two weeks leading up to the state series? So we actually wrestled four times that year. Um, the first time I beat him and then uh, the two qualifying things to get to the state tournament. Um, he beat me there. The, the one match, he beat me pretty good that the first time. And then the second time it got really close. Um, I think he got uh, escaped maybe late in the match. And then uh, at the state tournament, I was actually winning this at the state tournament, the whole match. I was, I think I took him down twice in the first and then he scored a late takedown the Senate in the overtime. And then um, in overtime, I, was able to score a takedown with not much time left. Wow. That's a, I know you guys were, had wrestled even in the middle school ranks, right. And all the way through the Oh four trials. So for your freshman year to come down to it with him is pretty crazy. Yeah. We, we wrestled a lot, you know, there was a lot of great wrestlers from that area, you know, so I was pretty fortunate. Um, you know, the, the guys that I got to roll around with all the time and, and compete against every weekend and stuff is, you know, coming up as a youth and stuff. I mean, it was every weekend, you know, we were going Saturday and Sunday, the tournaments, and it was, you know, you'd see the same guys over and over and over. And the same thing in the summertime with freestyle and stuff, you would see the same guys. I mean, just every weekend guys were wrestling and that's just was kind of the culture back then. And was your, was your dad a, like your youth coach or if not, who was your big mentor that gave you the early jumps early on? Um, my dad coached me through youth and stuff up through. Um, we've had, we had a lot of great coaches um, in our youth program. I know when, we first, when I first got into it, we had about a hundred, um, experienced guys and then a hundred, you know, first year guys. Um, what? so we had, we had a really good group that came up together and we actually stayed together all the way through high school. So we had some really good teams, 200 kids in the yeah, two, youth program and 200 kids. So and it's, it's, that's just how it is back there. You know, it, there's a, it's like family. I mean, you, you go back and you look and it's just, it's the same families over and over and over from these schools, you know, it's so um, it's pretty cool, you know, to go back and just kind of watch. And then you see, you know, the guys that you wrestle with, their kids are coming through now and stuff. So pretty neat. What was the kind of town you grew up in big city or farm town, uh, farm town, real small. I actually grew up on a, on a, on a dairy farm. So it was, small, no stoplights, you know, out in the country. Um, yeah. So. So in PA, is there the same debate between like the big schools and small schools at the state tournament? Cause when Illinois was two divisions, there was always the double A and the single A and there seemed like a big discrepancy sometimes in terms of like the amount of attention or even respect it got, maybe not even rightfully. So is that the case in PA or is it pretty balanced? I think it's pretty balanced for the most part. I think there's maybe a little bit more depth in the triple A. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a bunch of great wrestlers. I mean, you just look at the, you know, the guys that have come through just recently, you know? Yeah. So um, I think there's maybe a little bit more depth at the triple A, but overall, I think they're, they're both pretty even. And then after your freshman year where you, you got, those are your last two losses in high school to take more. So you went undefeated the rest of the way through, um, when did you start bumping into the great Steven Avis? Did you guys wrestle in high school or only in college? Uh, we wrestled and we wrestled in high school at Fargo. I think one time he actually beat me at Fargo. I, I would say it was probably 
my sophomore or junior. I th- no, I think it was my junior, maybe my junior year. Gotcha. Um, and then kind of how those brackets work back then, you know, it was like kind of the pool system. So he beat me. I beat, I think I beat Cody Sanderson and then kind of knocked people out, you know? So um, mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, kind of crazy how, how the brackets work and stuff, but you go back and you look at it and you just see all the, the names and stuff that are in there. And there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of good guys. Oh my gosh. And another guy you wrestled in high school and some kind of all-star meet was Eric Jurgens, Who's another name. I grew up in the quad city. So, you know, mm-hmm. right where Mark Johnson grew up is right where I grew up. Yep. And so Eric Jurgens, you know, on the Iowa side, but he was definitely a name. Everyone knew another four-time state champ and you guys wrestled, I assume a little bit in college, but definitely in that high school all-star meet. Do you remember that one? Yeah. We wrestled at the, the Dapper Dan in Pittsburgh. So gotcha. um, okay. it was a, you know, a, a great match. I, I don't remember the score. I think it was maybe six, six, two or something like that, but we, we've had a lot of great matches throughout our careers. Jurgens? Yeah. What's Jurgens? I wrestled, I think we wrestled, um, let's see, it would have been my f- sophomore year. And I think he might've moved up after that to 33. Yeah, he did. Um, So I think we wrestled, I think we wrestled three, maybe three times my sophomore year. I think I won two of them and I think he won one. So, but we had a lot of great, you know, you just knew when you're wrestling that guy, I mean, he was going to come the whole time and, and I was going to come the whole time. So it was just like, okay, let's get out and scrap, you know, score the most points at the end. That's, you know, was going to win. So. He was mean too. Like he loved, he loved to fight. (laughs) He liked to fight. I liked to fight. I know after usually every time we wrestle, one of us had a cut eye or, you know, (laughs) black and blue and that kind of stuff. But I mean, those are the matches that I, that I enjoyed, you know, Um, just because you knew, you know, he was going to wrestle hard for seven minutes, you know, and that's one thing I prided myself in that I knew that, you know, Hey, we're going to wrestle hard for seven. I'm going to wrestle hard for seven. If it takes longer than that, then we're going to scrap. But, um, you know, I was never going to lose a match because I wasn't in shape to wrestle hard. And I've heard that you said back in college, you were doing three a day sometimes, if not all the time. Yeah, I did. I, I probably to the point overtrained sometimes, you know, and I'd never probably let my body rest as much as I should have. Um, but I was always under the impression more was better, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I enjoyed running and stuff. So I would always, you know, come in and usually in the morning, either drill or, or do some kind of hard conditioning running and stuff and then practice. And then usually in the evening, I always did something before I went to bed. And what would, what would an example of something like that be? Um, evenings I would come in maybe sometimes just shadow wrestle and that kind of stuff. A lot of times, you know, again, I'm, I might get back on the treadmill and run again, you know, um, <clears throat> I just was always like, to the point where, you know, I, w- I wanted to get myself in the best shape that I could. But like I said, sometimes I think I, I might've overdid it too much because there was times where my legs needed a, probably a break. And I was just like, ah, no, let's go. You're going to do another five miles, you know? So I was going to ask you, how far would you run? I would run a lot. I mean, like I said, distance to me was nothing. You know, I, I, I you know, I was just getting warmed up at a couple, you know, two, three miles in, you know, and then usually, you know, five, six miles, um, you know, and it was the same thing with the guy that we had here. Jesse Delgado was the same way. Yeah. And you would go upstairs and, and see him on the treadmill. I mean, he's running five, six miles, you know, two times, you know, in the morning and in, in the evening and stuff. Um, I just enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. You know, and it's just one of those things that um, most people don't enjoy on a treadmill. And it kind of gets boring sitting there looking at the same wall all the time. But, 
you know, it was just like my, my release to get up there and, and, and uh, you know, knowing that, you know, when the match gets, when it gets tight in the third period, you know, I, I still had a lot, lot to give. Were you someone who's constantly visualizing during those five to six miles running, running through matches? Yeah. I mean, it would go pretty fast. A lot of times when you're sitting there, you know, you're just kind of sitting there playing things back through your head. What, what can you work on What you know, positions and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I would always kind of, kind of zone out a little bit. Time would go by real quick. I'd be like, Oh, we're done already. Right. You know? It's amazing how that can happen. Like, even if you get caught up in like a, my girlfriend lives, lives in Indianapolis, that drive from Indianapolis to Chicago, I've got a lot of great thinking in, and a lot of documentaries have come from that drive, you know? So it's, oh, yeah. it's nice to have that time. I, I like running just like you. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I've run all the way up through, you know, I used to in high school and stuff, I used to get up in the morning before school started and would always run or do some kind of conditioning stuff in the morning. Um, so it was just kind of my routine, you know, and I stuck with it at college. And like I said, I like, I think sometimes I, I overdid it, but you know, um, overall, you know, I had a pretty good career. Yeah. I mean, you look back at the names during that time and cause a lot of, that was right when the weight classes changed, right? Yeah. It was at 118 for my, my first year. Then it changed halfway through my, my sec my second year. Yeah. And so you had a guy that, you know, I always love watching. And when I was in middle school, Leroy Vega, really mm-hmm. tough guy. Yep. Um, yeah. David Morgan, you had Teague Moore, of course, Stephen Abbas, who's maybe one of the greatest lightweights of all time. And then Jurgens at strip matter. It's like, geez, man, that was some loaded brackets. Now there, there was, there's a bunch of good guys in there, you know, and it, we, uh, we all scrapped for, for a lot of years. Yeah. I mean, think about that big 10 dual meet schedule. I mean, you talk about heavy legs when you start having you know, even Michigan State, which isn't traditionally a powerful team, they've had good years. But then you got David Morgan, who is one yep. of the best guys. You know, so there's really no no easy weekends when you get into that late Big Ten schedule, January, February. Yeah, no. When I used to wrestle Morgan, it was always one of those things that would come down the the riding time, and he was so good at you know with legs and stuff. I'd always get out, but it always seemed like it took me forever to get out. You know, it's like the match was just winding away, winding away, and and. uh you know, he was just the guy that was hard for me to wrestle. Yeah. You know, because he'd always score early on me. I was always kind of a slow starter. Mm-hmm. So he'd always score early and then get a lot of riding time on me. And then it was just like, okay, now and I have an uphill battle now. And another, another match I was watching was you and Strip Matter at Carver. You got the win your senior year. But it was during that match, you start to see Strip Matter doing a lot of the ankle rolls. Was that one of the... I don't know if you remember those scrambles, like you being on a deep single heat ankle roll. And then it looked like the ref didn't even know how to call it. Cause it wasn't that common of a position back then, but was like scrambling and, and kind of the not play wrestling, but the sparring something you guys were doing back then, or was strip matter. One of the first guys you met who was doing a lot of ankle diving. No, I, I, you know, I don't think it was really that common back then. You know, right. you, you never seen it much, you know, um, I think Jody, you know, we wrestled so much through our career. I mean, we wrestled all the way up through high school. I wrestled him and his brother in high school. John was actually at Penn State for a couple of years before I got there. And then when I signed there, he transferred to Pitts Johnstown. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, we wrestled in high school. And then I actually wrestled Jody in high school, too. So um, wow. we had we've had a lot of battles up, you know, like I said, up through the days and stuff. Um, there's just so much great wrestling in Pennsylvania. You know, it's, not, it's, it's second to none. 
It really is. And that's, I mean, you just look at how the names you're mentioning there and how deep it is. And even now, if you look at like all the all Americans now, so many of those guys were from the Whitfield or, or PA more broadly, you know, the, right. the Kimmers of the world and, and all those names we know. Um, and so you, you know, when you were at Penn state, one of your coaches early on was Sinchiro Abe. And I can never remember the other gentleman's name who was also from Japan, almost like a mystical figure there. Was it yep. Oishi? Oishi. Yeah. Tell me about him. Oishi, the, Oishi and Abe, when I got there, they, they kind of took me under their wing. You know, they were, Oishi was really old school. I mean, just hard on you and stuff. And I, and I like that, you know, I noticed right away that it seemed like the guys that were around him all the time were very successful. You know, he made you do a lot of things you didn't want to do, but I'm like, that's fine. Bring it, you know? Like and, what? Like drilling over and over or like conditioning stuff? No, he did conditioning stuff. I mean, there'll be days that we would come in and he would just be like, okay, Jeremy. And, and if we were injured or something, it was me and my roommate, Ross Thatcher. We came in and he's like, okay, you guys got a thousand pull-ups today. When you're done, you can leave, you know? But he just, he played games with you mentally and stuff. Um, I remember what coming into practice one day and it was, it was snowing outside and stuff. And he goes, Hey, uh, Jeremy, go, go get your running shoes. I'm like, okay. So I go upstairs, get my running shoes. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be on the mat today. <clears throat> you know, I, I like to run. This is fine. I come down and he has a pair of white gloves and an orange hat. And I was like, okay, I wonder what was, what's going to happen. And he's like, Hey, go run out the Mount Nittany, which it's like, I don't know, three miles out, a mile straight up the mountain. And he goes, go to the top of the mountain. There's a flag up there. Get it and bring it back. I'm like, okay. Meanwhile, there's, like I said, there's probably three inches, four inches of snow on the ground. So out I go. I don't, I don't say anything. I'm like, that's fine. So I run out, get to the top of the mountain. All the way out there, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way this guy went out there and put this flag up there. You know, it's snowing, no way. So I get to the top of the mountain and sure enough, there it is. So I grabbed it, head down the mountain. And when I get to the bottom, he's waiting for me down there. He goes, get in the car. I'm like, nope, here's your flag. I'll see you back at Huff Hall, you know, or Rec Hall. Yeah. Um, so I gave him the flag and, and took off. I had probably another two miles to get back to, you know, Rec Hall. And, and he sat down with me there and we talked for a while and stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he just liked to play mental games with you, you know, he would push you. And, and that's the thing that I, that I needed. I'm like, that's fine. You know, you can try to play these games with me, but I'm, I'm, I can take it, you know? And like I said, I, I noticed real, really quick, you know, um, Abe was there, you know, the Hughes brothers, Colat and stuff. Those guys were all kind of his guys a little bit, you know? And I was like, well, you know, he can coach pretty well then. Yeah. So I we mean, just, we just, we just had a click, you know? I mean, I think the first day in, in the room at the end of practice, we had the pole in the, in the middle of Penn State's wrestling room, and he used to just make me push on it, like just walk my feet around this pole in circles and just kind of push. And he goes, this will help you with positioning and how to, you know, push guys and this and that. And I'm like, well, this, OK, maybe for a couple minutes. But I mean, it was 20, 30 minutes of this. Right. You know, but. I mean, it's just, he had different ways of, of doing things, but you know, for me, I, I never questioned him, you know, so. And was his background one of like, was he like a Japanese Olympian or what's his story? Yeah. Um, he had a lot of judo stuff too. He did Got a lot it. of judo. Um, 
So, like I said, when, and then Abe was, you know, huge for me. You know, he was a guy that when I was there, um, you know, he was there for, I think, the, my first three years, and then he went to pit. Mm. And then um, I actually went down and would train with him some at, at pit and stuff when I had a, you know, free weekend or something like that. For the nationals, I went down there. We had a break, you know, and trained with him and, and more and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> but Sonny, like I said, I had most of my success was, you know, with those guys and John Fritz, you know, I mean, I had great coaches. I mean, Fritz was, you know, a great guy. Um, he recruited me there. He was there for my first two years and then he resigned, um, after my sophomore year and then Troy Sutherland and Dave Hart, they mm -hmm. all came in. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was my junior year. Um, you know, so I had, you know, I had great coaches the whole time I was there, learned a lot from the guys, you know, it was a great experience for me and, and very appreciative, you know, of those guys, everything they've done for me. Well, and you're, you know, Penn State's obviously known now as a dominant team, but even back then you guys were getting team trophies pretty consistently when you were there, at least a couple of years, right? Yeah. Um, I think it was my, maybe my junior year. I think we placed fourth, third or fourth, somewhere in there. Um <clears throat> You know, and, and then before that, yeah, Fritz is, I mean, I think Fritz was in a, a top pretty much eight team every year. Mm -hmm. um, they were getting trophies. I think they got second several times and stuff. I mean, they, they had really good teams. You know, it just, it just seemed like they were missing one piece, you know, to win the, win the Nationals. You right. Know? And it, just, it, it never happened, you know, and, and that's what, you know, Kale and, and everybody there, Cody and, and those guys, they, they've done a great job with it now. You know, they, they've they've kind of taken it to a new level. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the, the interesting thing that I found was that even before you committed to Penn State, you were considering Illinois, which I was thinking back. I'm like, all right, Illinois in 96, Mark Johnson was just getting there. They had a pretty good 96 Nationals when Marinetti beat Lincoln and then Benyon won, but they weren't even close to like on the level. I didn't think of getting a four-time PA champ. How did that all materialize? No, like I said, I mean, having that relationship with half a little bit, um, you know, and, and, then and going to, you know, the national tournament, I was at the national tournament when Marinetti beat, um, Got it. you know, so I'm like, okay, well, wait a second. yeah, this is pretty big. You know, these guys, you know, nobody's supposed to beat this guy, you know, and they, they, they put somebody in there, not only one, and they had two guys there, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, you know, and, and Mark Johnson, how do you not like that guy? <laughs> He's, uh, made him become great friends and stuff. And, and, uh, but yeah, you know, when I, when it came down to it, um, I think I wanted to come here, but at the same time, it was like, it's Penn state's close to home. Um, you know, workout partners, I felt at the time, you know, with, with Abe and, and the guys that were up there, you know, they had, um, you know, Colat was around and stuff. Um, you know, those guys, you know, he's from my area, Colat. And, uh, I just like, you know, I think this is the better fit for me. Um, yeah. And so you, you eventually end up coming to Illinois. And before we get to some of the, the present era stuff, so to speak, what were some of the big learnings you picked up from, from Mark Johnson in your early tenure as an assistant during the 2000s? Nobody wanted to mess with him, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, you know, everybody loved him. You know, everybody wanted to wrestle hard for him. Um, you know, he was a guy that when there was no, no BS, you know, you get, you come to the room, it's time to, it's time to go to work and you do what we're supposed to do and, and, and you're out, you know, but um, when you're there, you know, you, you put the work in, you know, and that's, that's, 
the, the biggest thing that, you know, that I, that I took from him, you know, and like I said, he was, he was a great recruiter. I mean, like I said, he'd walk into anybody's house and, and when he left, I mean, he was like, it's your best friend, you know? <laughs> you know? So he's, he was, he was really good at that. Um, but like I said, he, um, it was great. He, he, he always told me, he goes, when, when he recruited me, he goes, I usually, you know, when you told me, no, I wasn't going to give you a second chance, but he goes, for some reason, I was like, you know what, let's, he's like, I, I, I liked you. So, um, he goes, that's why I asked you to come coach with me. <laughs> <laughs> and was it a tough sell to get you out here or was it a pretty good fit? It was a good fit. I think, I think after I spent, you know, I finished, I didn't register to Penn state. So I, I had my four years there competing and then I had to stay one more semester to finish up my degree and I stayed there and helped out that year and I, I think just at the time you know I was ready for something different um I mean I, I loved it at Penn State don't get me wrong I mean that was you know to me that was home and I probably never saw myself leaving but then you know I'm like well you know what let me try something different let me go somewhere else I, I know this system let me go learn from somebody else um, yeah so you know he they uh, actually I talked to Mark and, uh, Jim Hef at the, uh, at Penn state match up there. They, they were wrestling there and they said, Hey, what are you doing next year? I'm like, ah, you know, I think I'm going to be leaving. Um, you know, and they called me right away and everything worked out. Awesome. And then you get in here, you're working with Kyle lot, the great Jimmy Kennedy, and then, you know, Jesse Delgado, obviously, yep. you know, two-time national champ. And then, you know, during that era though, Mike Poet, our head coach, comes through, and he oh, was yeah. obviously one of the most, you know, legendary Illinois wrestlers, five-time Fargo champ, two-time finalist. What do you remember from him coming in the room and his development over the years? Mike was just one of those guys that was just, you know, explosive. You know, he 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 could go score whenever he wanted. You know, shoot, I I wrestled I wrestled him a lot. Did you? you know, when we yeah we re- I wrestled all those guys when when I was there it was I, I wrestled all the way up to Lackey before you know, in practice and stuff, you know, so we had, um, we had some good goes, you know, but Mike, you know, when, when, like I said, when he wanted to go, you, you, you couldn't stop him just explosive. And, and, you know, his shots were great. His technique was great. Um, you know, but it, it, it was good. Like I said, there was been a lot of, I had an opportunity to work with a lot of great guys, you know? Um, so it makes, it makes your job fun you yeah. know, coming to work, you know, knowing that the guys are there for the right reasons you know, they want to win a national title. And some of them did, some of them, you know, came up a little bit short, but at the end of the day, they, they busted their butt every day and, and did the right things. Um, and that, that's all you can ask for as a coach. And one of the things that every guy who's been coached by you says is that you know, you're very big on, you know, you, can, you don't cut corners, you know, it's just, you just put in the work. So when you hear a guy say that, whether it's Jimmy Kennedy or, or a Kyle Ott, like, how do you materialize that? Like, what does that mean to you that you don't cut corners? I mean, there's, like I said, there's, there's a right way to, to do things. And then there's a, you know, there's a wrong thing. When you come, when you come through that door, you know, you need to be focused on why you're there, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, really we're here, you know, you only have four opportunities at this thing, you know, and this is what, what, whatever they say. I mean, this is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life, you know, trying to win an NCAA title, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, you know, that came up short, you know, that went on and had great, you know, freestyle careers and stuff. So just, I think the grind of it and stuff, and, and, and that's the biggest thing knowing, you know, Hey, you signed up for this. This is, this is what, you know, this is the right way to do it. We know how to be successful. You know, every, all coaches know, you know, what you need to do. It comes down to the individual, making sure that they 
come in and do the right things every day, not just sometimes when they feel good, you know, because there's going to be a lot of times you come in, you don't feel good. You're not going to feel good every time you go out to wrestle in a match either. Right. You know, so it's learning how to push through that, you know, and, and most of it's just the mental part of it. I mean, that's the part that I feel like most most people miss out on. You know, I love that you said that because that was my next question. Because every lot, not everyone, a lot of guys work super, super hard though. And yep. I've heard you say this before too that it's the mental part. So when you when you say that, how do you mean by that? Is it that you're handling like big moments as you would in practice? Is it that nothing rattles you? I mean, what what? How does it look for you? I mean, for me, it was always I always nothing ever rattled me. You know, I was always had to kind of like just focused on, you know, the, the goal at hand or whatever. And, you know, no matter if a call went against me or if I got a call or whatever, my facial expression never changed. You know, it was just like, this is, this is it. Um, you know, and a lot, I think a lot of people couldn't read me, you know, it's just like, okay. And, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you see guys when they wrestle, you see when they get tired, you know, there's a lot of times that I'm just as tired but you just don't see it in my face. You don't see, you know, my actions that I do and stuff. And, that, and that's the stuff that I think that, you know, there could be two guys that are at the same point. Both of them are ready to break, you know, and one guy just shows it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it gives you that boost of energy. You know, the other guy, okay. He puts his head down or, or whatever, you know, he takes a bad shot and I spin and go behind it. And then just the floodgates open up, you know, but they're both were at that same point, you know, and it's just, you know, telling guys and have them figure out, you know, just keep fighting, you know, don't, don't be the one that goes out and, and, you know, act like you're sucking a lot of air in or something like that. Just go back, hustle back to the center. Even if it's, you know, you don't want to hustle back, but hustle back there, get your, be the first one back on the line and, and be ready. Cause that plays, that plays games with guys with, yeah. you know, in their mind, it's like, man, this guy still wants to come, but you're, yeah. like I said, you're feeling it just as much as he is. And are there any like pivotal workouts or, or pivotal losses you had earlier in your career that really drove home that that's going to be your approach to the game? Like I said, I, I, I think for me, it was just more just, I always told myself I was never going to lose because I couldn't wrestle hard, yeah. you know, and that, that was just how it was kind of brought up. You know, I think growing up on a farm, seeing, you know, my grandparents get up early in the morning to milk the cows and that kind of stuff. And, you know, putting hay, up in the middle of the summer and you know when it's 150 degrees on top of I mean just mentally I was just like you know what I this is an opportunity for me to go and go to college get a good degree and stuff you know um you know it just I, I just like like I said I never wasn't going to let myself lose a match just because I couldn't push myself and that's what it comes down to you know it's just learning how to you know when you when you get to that point how to push a little bit more. Don't take the easy way and quit, you know, just keep pushing. And every time you do it, you get better. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, you hear someone say that and and even myself, like I'm going to go for a workout this afternoon. I'll, I'll be using that, but it's like, when you get there, <laughs> there's the conversation with yourself where you try to negotiate. It's like, ah, oh, just turn around here. Um, sure. Yeah. That self-negotiation is something that is really the enemy of, of, of anyone who's trying to achieve something. Yeah, it just seems like you, that doesn't happen to to you or any of the great champions, you know, that negotiation. No, I think, and I, I like I said, I think that's where you got to, you know, know what, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, and, um, you know, anything that you're going to accomplish, 
you know, at this level, it's going to be hard. You know that, you know, and it's just, you got to push a little bit more. You got to be willing to push more than the next guy. You know, I, like I said, I won a lot of matches where I was just as tired and, and, and this or that, but, you know, I was willing to go a little bit harder in the third period than, than the other guy was wrestling, you know, and, and that's, you know, like I said, if, if guys would just realize that and, you know, when they're training and stuff and you have, you, I mean, when you're, when you're upstairs and stuff, I mean, you got, you got to kind of develop that a little bit. You know, I see too many guys just, you know, when things are not working or, or they get a little bit tired, they just, they just quit. And that can never be, you know, part of your, be a part of you, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit harder. Like I said, I, I always tell the guys, I've never seen anybody die, you know, pushing themselves too hard, you know? So it's just, Go, go push yourself as hard as you can. At the end of the day, you walk off the mat, win or lose, but you know you gave it your best. And that's all you can ask for. Do you think that's something you can teach the guys? Or if you see a guy doing that in the room, deep down, you know that he's in for a really long road. No, I think everybody, I mean, I think you can teach it. You know, I think it's, you know, guys just got to accept it though. You know, like you're saying, I mean, a lot of guys would just sit back and be like I don't want this, you know, and like I said, that's what Oishi, when, when I was at Penn State, I mean, to me, some of the guys liked him, some of the guys didn't, mm-hmm. you know, and it, they just knew that he was going to be hard on you and you were going to have to do hard things, Yeah, you know, but to me, I would do whatever it takes. I mean, it was, it was, everything was winning that NCAA title. I didn't care what, it, what, what I had to put my body through or put my mind through, whatever it was, I was going to do it. You know, at the end of the day, if I did, if, you know, I'm fortunate that I did, but if I didn't, I know that I did everything right and everything I possibly could. And I have, I, I have no regrets. Yeah. And you can live with that. I'm sure that freed you up to compete a lot too. Cause you're not having all this regret and all this, this negativity in your mind that maybe I should have done more. Right. Yep. And, and so I just, I love talking about all the mindset stuff, but if you, if we jump forward to some of the coaching, how surprised were you when you heard that legendary coach Hef was stepping down from the helm? I was surprised. I mean, nobody saw it coming, you know, but I think, you know, for him, I think he wasn't, you know, having fun with it, you know, mm-hmm. like, like he, that he wanted to, you know, it was just, it was starting to wear on him a little bit. And, and, you know, I mean, you take your hat off to him, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of guys that just stick around and continue to do it. But, you know, you, when, when he was done, you know, he went out on his terms and, and, um, you know, now he gets to kind of sit back and enjoy life a little bit, not have to <laughs> worry about all these knuckleheads, right. you know, what they're doing and, and, and everything. So, um, but yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I think it's, you know, he'll get to sit back and he, he's around, you know, he's around the room all the time. So him and, you know, coach Johnson, I, I see, you know, I see those guys all the time. I was just going to ask if coach Johnson comes around anymore. Um, he comes around a little bit, you know, he's got, you know, he's got a bunch of grandkids and stuff now, um, you know, so he says he's working all the time, but I, I always tell him that, you know, I've never met a guy that, you know, he, he, he says he works for uh, his uh, YMCA, yeah. right? Well, he had to, they had, he worked for the YMCA then he retired there. And now he says he's got a part-time job working for his daughter. <laughs> so I just, I just start laughing. Like, so. <laughs> But now he's, he's, like I said, they're, they, 
you know, for us, it's, we're, we're very fortunate because we're, you know, a phone call away, we can talk to two guys that, you know, had great careers here and, and, and done a lot of, you know, great things for the university. Yeah. And you're welcoming in a, a new coach, also a Penn State alum, Ed Ruth, one of yep. the most successful collegiate wrestlers of all time. Just had him on the show. He was on our August episode for the Illini Wrestling Podcast. Mm-hmm. What's it been like working with him so far? Ed's been great. You know, he's another guy that just that, that comes in and just he goes to work. You know, he loves to work out. He's upstairs with the guys. The guys really like him. Um, I know one thing we're probably going to be really fast with their hands because they're, they're boxing a lot upstairs. You know, so the guys with the MMA and stuff, they they like to at the end of practice come up and hit the hit the pads and stuff. And so it's been good. Like I said, he Ed is uh, he's freaky strong. You know, we roll, I roll around, we roll around and stuff a little bit before practice and stuff. And you don't, you just don't realize, you know, how strong he is. It's unbelievable. Man. Yeah. He, I mean, I can't, he, he's one of those guys where he's got such a cool demeanor that yep. you just can't imagine that he's such an assassin, but obviously he is. And yeah. uh, he can yeah, lay, he, lay a cradle on from across the room. Yeah, that's for sure. His, his <laughs> arms are so long. I mean, there, there'll be times I'll be like, man, I'm, I'm out. And I looked down and I got another foot and a half of his arm still there. You know, it's like, <laughs> shoot, I'm never getting away from him. It's so, I mean, imagine some of the upper weights, the Braun Eagles and, and Luffman, you know, those getting, the, getting a chance to wrestle someone of that caliber is awesome. Um, and we know Medlin's a, really a coaching savant. I love Brian Medlin. Yep. T- talk to me about some of the new guys coming in. Max Renteria from Clovis. Did he, did he, is he on the team and on board? Yes, he, he's here right now. So he'll be, he'll be red shirting this year. Um, you know, he, he's been doing great so far. You know, he's a guy that's really, really talented, got really good skill, really fast, um, you know, uh, really good on top, you know, but for, for most of the freshmen to come in, their, their biggest area that they got to work on is just bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all struggle there because they're never there. And just, you know, finishing a little bit, you know, just now, they're so used to shooting and just getting to a leg and most guys falling down for them. You know, everybody fights at this level now. Yeah. You know, so um, I think those are the two areas, but he, he's doing great. He's working hard. Um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I sat down talked to him. I was like, Hey, you know, just what I want to at the end of practice, you know, give me 10, 15 minutes, you know, focus. I don't care what it is, whether it's, you know, you're running or you're doing bike sprints or you're climbing rope or you're drilling, but you know, just put in 10, 15 extra minutes, you know, every day. And it's going to add up real quick, real quick for you. That's awesome that he you're instilling that in the young guys. And he was a multiple time state champion in California. He was a three time state champ and was going to go for his fourth. Wow. So Before. then, you know, they, they shut it down out there last year. So he didn't have the opportunity. And of course he comes from the, the Clovis pipeline uh, and we recognized Adam Terrapelli, Illinois recognized him as the hall of fame this past September. Yep. Pretty yep. awesome. I mean, he's so he, he the, actually wrestled for Adam's brother. Troy. Oh, he did. Yes. Okay. So he wrestled for Buchanan high school. Okay. So he wrestled with uh, Troy and uh, Gabe Flores, who, who also had a great career here. So, um, you know, we, we know he, he's, he's a tough kid. Um, he, he's going to accomplish great things at this level. You know, he, like I said, he's he just, he's getting right now. He's going to work and he, he's got to continue to do it. You know? Yeah. We'll so, be excited to follow him through. And then, I got to imagine outside of Cardini, Lucas Bird's one of the guys you're working with every day. What, what similarities do you see from someone like that? And I'm thinking back to during my era, Jimmy Kennedy was your guys' 133 pounder. And he mm-hmm. was obviously as highly touted as they came back then. 
Yep. Do you see any similarities between those two? Or are they totally different guys? Um, you know, Jimmy was just really, really strong. You know, um, you know, Lucas is just one of those guys that loves to compete. I mean, you know, he, he, when when he steps out there, he's just a different kid. You know, he's not a he. He loves the moment. He loves being in the spotlight. You know, and those are the type of guys. He's kind of like Jesse Delgado, to be honest with you. You know, the bigger the match, the better they're going to wrestle. You know, and, and that's a big thing. You know, that's huge. They're not the confidence. They're, they're, yeah, they're not afraid. You know, and most guys are stepping out there. They're worried. You know, do I feel right or or you know, how's this match going to go? These guys just go out and they just wrestle. They're like, okay, let's go and and uh, you know. We're just going to let the chips fall where they where they're at, and that and that's that's the biggest thing. Like I said, if if you'll go wrestle that hard for seven minutes, great things are going to happen for you. Yeah, yeah. He really, I just love how he comes into every every match with a chip on his shoulder almost. Yep. And he's def, oh. he's like one of those guys where like both guys are going out there. Not every time do both guys actually think they can win. He pretty much everything time he goes out there thinks he can win and expects to win. Oh yeah. I mean, he, as soon as we went into Carver, he thought he was, you know, he was going to go to Santo, you know, he's like, ah, he's not going to hit me with that fireman's. And then he got about bent in half and broken half. And then, you know, he comes back and he goes, okay, now I need to make a, make adjustments. And that's what, what's good about Lucas is, you know, he learns from, from, you know, mistakes that he makes and he made those adjustments. And, and I think it was at the big 10. I, it, was a, it was a one point match. I know he was winning. He was winning most of the match, um, you know, so, um, but he had a great year, you know, a great year. He finished, you know, finished up the right way at the national tournament and stuff. And, you know, we're, we're expecting big things of him, you know, the next, the, the nice thing is we got him for four more years, you know? So, um, but yeah, he, he's, he's doing, he's doing great. You know, he, he did a really good job in the summer. Um, he's getting a lot bigger, you know, last year he was a little small. He's actually probably a tweener between 25 and, and 33, you know, but with Justin down there, we are like, let's just, let him wrestle 33 and, and uh, you know, now he's starting to fill into that weight class pretty good right now. So, and that's such a murderous mm-hmm. row weight class too. You got Olympians in there, fix me chick. You got freaking yep. RBY coming back. You know, who knows what Soriano's going to do, but man, that is such a fun weight class. That's, that's Santo, of course. A, yeah. That's going to be a, that's going to be a great weight class at the national tournament for sure. Even the big 10 dual season. Like think about all the, except for fix. A lot of them are right in the big 10. Oh yeah. Yep. uh, Every weekend is going to be a, going to be a street fight. And I was looking ahead Mm -hmm. to your guys' schedule. It looks like uh, just two dual meets in December. And then really the bulk of the dual season starts for you guys heavy in January. You're away at Rutgers to open the big 10. Then you welcome the Hawkeyes um, coming into the season. Is that something you guys consciously do where you're not having any big dual meets in December? Is that just how it worked out this year? That's just how the schedule worked out this year, you know, with Hef going out and stuff and then Mike coming in, you know, it was kind of, we scrambled at the last minute to kind of get a schedule together. Um, so, um, you know, we, we start off with Michigan state, which is always a pretty good tournament, you know, beginning of the year. And then we're going to Appalachian state for a dual. It's kind of a tournament, but it's like, I think there, you can bring like 15 or 16 guys, each team, and they're just going to put them in a bracket and, and just wrestle it out. So, um, you know, Arizona state's going to be there. I think we might, I think Indiana might be there too. So it's just wrestling different competition, you know, I mean, for, for our guys right now, I mean, they, they're ready to get out on the mat, you know, they're tired of banging their heads against each other upstairs. So I, I think they're, you know, they're looking forward to, you know, getting these three weeks over with and let's get started. And, and 
as do all the fans feel the same way. We can't wait just knowing it's going to be a regular season. Fans will be in attendance. Yep. Um, and just a couple of quick things before we wrap up coach. So could you just give us a breakdown of the lineup 125 through heavyweight? And if you don't know who's going to be there, that's fine. But just for the Illini fans who are getting ready for the season. Yeah. 25 is going to be Justin Cardani again. You know, he, you know, last year he had a, <clears throat> he lost a lot of close matches, you know, so that's the thing that we've been working on him a lot this summer and stuff. He's made a lot of gains and stuff, but he's a guy that can beat anybody. I mean, he was right there with the top guys last year and unfortunately came up on the wrong end of the, you know, of it. But, um, you know, I think he's, he's made a lot of progress, got a lot bigger for the weight class this year. He's actually going to have to cut a little bit of weight, which is a good thing. Usually he was walking around about 123 pounds. So, um, you know, it was just a little bit small, you know, um, at 33 bird, you know, like I said, had a great summer too. Um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, we expect big things out of, you know, um, at 141, <clears throat> Mike, Mike Carr's coming back for his, you know, sixth year, he's actually going to drop down from 149. Um, you know, so he, he had a, you know, season ending injury last year, right before the big tens, um, you know, a guy that can, that can beat anybody, you know, um, you know, he's probably one of the hardest workers that we have in the room. He does everything right you know, but he's just, he's got to go out and perform now, you know, and get the things that he wants. Um, 49, you know, we have, uh, you know, that's a weight class. It's, we have Christian Kanzler that's back right now. He's a um, six-year guy. Last year kind of wrestled up, filled in at 57 a little bit for us. Um, um, so he's back. Um, we'll probably redshirt Odom and those guys, but, you know, really, I mean, our lineup's not set right now. You know, for the most part, I mean, it's, it's guys are going to go compete at these open tournaments. We want to see who does best, you know, um, that's, that's going to be the guy that's going to be in the lineup, you know, at 57, we had a transfer that transferred in, um, Joe Roberts, um, from North Carolina state, you know, he's, uh, had a really good summer. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to do really well, surprise some people. Really good um, high school career too at Montini. Yeah, he had a really good high school career. Yep, really tough um, kid. Won, won a state title as a senior and stuff. Just just a tough, hard nosed kid. Um, does everything right. Trains right. You know, um, does the extra stuff. So I think you know, expect him to have a really good season. Um, Sixty five is going to probably be uh, Danny Bronagle again. You know, last year, you know, he wrestled with a, a broken thumb pretty much the whole year. Um, I think he broke it the first dual meet of the, the, the season, and. Uh, just never got back on track, you know, um, you know, had a really, had a really good freshman season, um, had some good wins last year, you know, but he's got a lot of consistent training, you know, throughout the summer and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he, he's looking really good right now. Um, 74, you know, there's a couple guys in there, like I said, um, DJ Shannon, Trey Sizemore, they both, you know, working, working really hard right now. Um, you know, they just, who's going to, step up and, and go out and perform, you know, in these next two weekends or next, you know, our first two weekends of competition. Um, 84, you know, Zach Braunegle, um, same thing, wrestled last year with the banged up shoulder and stuff, um, you know, had a good summer, um, you know, and then we also have Nikita, um, who's uh, actually done a really good job um, working hard, you know, he's probably going to wrestle um, first couple matches and stuff until Zach's ready to go. 
Um, you know, and, and then, like I said, those guys can decide who's the guy. Um, at 197, Matt Robaliski, um, again, you know, was getting, getting bigger, um, put on some size, really spent some time in the weight room. Um, you know, Matt's a guy that, like I said, he, he, he's right there, you know, he's just got to believe he's really good and, and, and go out and perform like, like we know he's capable of. Yeah. And then heavy, heavyweight, you know, Luffman, um, our guy, man, he's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> you know, he, again, he, he's a guy that spent a lot of time in the weight room, um, this summer, um, made a lot of gains, you know, uh, made, made the junior world team, um, and Greco and stuff. So he got a lot of, you know, got a lot of good training, got, you know, got put in a lot of unique experiences and, and, um, you know, he's just, again, I mean, he, he's a guy that just, we know he's, he's really good. He's beat a lot of good guys, but they got to be more consistent. You know, they yep. got to go out and perform and, and, uh, you know, hopefully the, with the summer, we, we felt, we feel we had a great summer, you know, guys did, they, they trained great. Um, they did everything we asked them, you know, we've, we've had, you know, so far, um, everything's been great this year. So, you know, it's just now it's time to step out on the mat and, and, show that we, you know, we've gotten better. And it's going to be fun to watch. Let me ask you about two guys who I'm just not sure where they fit in. Um, Durlacher, I don't know how, what relation it is to Lindsay Durlacher. If it's his yep. nephew, if it's his son, obviously uh, rest in peace to the great Lindsay Durlacher. One of the, one of the greats in the lightweight division for Illinois, um, you know, back in the day, 97, I think. Yep. How's he coming along? Uh, Dane, Dane's actually had a, he had a great summer, you know, he went to the U S open. I think he was fifth in the U S open and then went to the rest within the world team trials. Um, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, he's getting better, you know, he's getting better each year he's here. Um, you know, I think he's really kind of bought in right now. Um, you know, so he's, he's in the mix at 25. Like I said, our lineup is not set by no means. You know, these, these are the guys that, you know, that we're going to find out, you know, those first couple weeks of the season, you know, who's ready, who's going to be the guy. You know, for us, I mean, it's it's not winning to wrestle off, you know, upstairs. They've wrestled so much. It's about going going out and who performs the best, you know. Um, you know, and, and another guy, you know, at 41, we Rochelle had a great year. You know, he, he wrestled a lot this summer. You know, I think he was fourth at the Greco World Team Trials. Um, you know, he's a guy that's, you know, bought in. You know, he's working really hard. He's doing the right things. You know, he wants to be good. And, and you know, he's going to, you know, he, he'll be right there. You know, so, um, you know, as a guy that, you know, he, he's, you know, we just got to, he's got to know that he's good and he's just got to go wrestle because he's got really, he's got really good skill. Yeah. You know, L last one for you. I love this guy, the Italian stallion, Danny Pacino. Where, <laughs> where is he going to be fighting for a spot at 33, 41, or is he bigger than that? Danny will be 41. Okay. You know, he, he's, he's going to red shirt again this year. Okay. Um, he actually just made the under 23 world team for Italy. Mm -hmm. So he, he's leaving for Siberia, uh, end of this week. And then he's going to go wrestle in that, uh, the world team or the championship over there. Um, Danny's been great, you know, been training hard. He's actually going to cut down to, I think it's 134. Dang. I think is the weight. Um, so he's, you know, he's starting to get smaller, um, but he, he's, he's doing a great job. You know, he, he's, 
shrunk his body a little bit, you know, he's going to come down, but he'll, he'll be a 41 pounder for us. Nice. I love his attitude and just enthusiasm. He really loves wrestling. You can tell. Yeah. He loves wrestling. You know, he loves being in the room. He loves getting upstairs doing what, what, like I said, I mean, that that's the part, this sport is hard. You know, if you don't love everything that goes into it, you're not going to get the results that you want, you know? So you got to be excited when you come through those doors, you know, you only get so many, you know, so many opportunities when you're up there and stuff, you got to make the most of it, you know? So when, when, hour and a half or two hours, however long practice is, you know, you got to be ready, you know, can't take anything off and, and, uh, you know, just be ready. And, and Dan, like I said, Danny's done a, done a really good job with that. Well, the you know, more he, guy, had some big, he had some big wins last year, you know, yeah. he, you know, um, Ohio state, he beat the kid, uh, that in that kid's high school resume was insane. The name's escaping me right yep. now, but that was huge. Yeah. Yep. Well, coach, I know, as you said, it's all about, you know, the consistency and the dedication. And that's what it'll take to bring the fighting Illini back to that picture you got in the background there, big 10 champs. Oh, five. That oh, was, yeah. that was awesome. And, you know, we're just really excited about, you know, coach Poeta being, you know, being involved, you being involved, you know, Ed Ruth on board, med yep. I mean, it's just an awesome, you know, the perfect storm, so to speak. And, and we greatly appreciate your time today and any final words for the Illini faithful out there. Uh, just like I said, we're just guys are working hard. We're ready to go. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're just happy to be able to have a regular season. You know, um, we want the fans back in the, you know, the fans back in the arenas and stuff. And it, it was, just, it was hard last year, you know, um, you know, it's at Huff or it's at assembly hall. It's going to be at the state farm center now. State farm so, center. Uh, yep, Pardon yep, me. All, Pardon all the, yep. That's it's, it's assembly hall. Everybody knows it. Man, hall. that's yep. uh yeah. So now they, they just renamed it. So, um, but yeah, all, all of our duels are going to be at, at the state farm center, which is, you know, it's cool. You know, the guys will get the, you know, they got the fancy lights and the smoke and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> hopefully that will make them wrestle a little bit harder and stuff. But, you know, I said, all, all we're asking is the guys go out. I mean, expect the guys to go out and wrestle hard for seven minutes. And, and uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to put a pretty good team out on them on the mat this year. Well, we're excited to watch. And again, coach, thank you very much for your time today. Coach Hunter, have a great one, sir. All right. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. To see video clips from this interview, please go to Instagram at Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was proudly presented by Spartan Combat. The Spartan Combat Nationals are returning to Jacksonville, Florida, April 8th through the 10th, 2022. Register now at SpartanCombat.com.